Hello, everyone. Thank you for watching our broadcast today. We're excited because we have a new format for our broadcast. We have a live audience in the studio with us, and uh, we're changing things up somewhat, but it's going to be exciting, and I know that you're going to be blessed by it. I want to make a special announcement. Of course, Terry's with me here today, and Terry is about to launch out into her ministry full-time and we're excited about that. I know it's a major step of faith for you. Yes. But I want you to know your mom and I are extremely happy and proud of you. And we just know that God has some big things in store. Thank you so much. And Dad, I just want you to know what an honor it has been since 2005 to stand next to you. I've never taken it for granted, never taken it lightly. It's been the greatest privilege to get to share on the broadcast. In fact, I remember the first piece of mail I ever received, 2005. I was so scared to do the broadcast, you know. First piece of mail that came to me was from a girl in Singapore. And she said, I turned on the TV and I thought, who is this blonde that sounds like she's five years old? What does she have to say? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh no, they don't like me, you know. And then turned out she was planning to kill her ex-boyfriend that day oh, and then kill herself but my voice is what got her attention, oddly <laughs> enough. Anyway, she gave her heart to the Lord and discovered that God had a plan for her life. Well, and that's so I was like, thank you, Lord. Wow, your first letter. <laughs> my that's first letter, isn't it? Yeah. But it's been such a privilege. And, you know, Dad, I was remembering back in 2003, that's when you appointed me as the CEO, mm -hmm. Jerry Savelle Ministries. And you'll remember I was coming out of a hard time didn't feel qualified, you know, um, my degree's in French. You didn't want me to teach the staff French. So I was like, oh yeah. Lord, I need you <laughs> yeah. to be the CEO. I was out walking that day. It was July the 9th, 2003. I was out walking up and down my street at five in the morning, crying out to God saying, Lord, what do I do? I don't deserve this. I don't know what to do. And I had a vision. You'll remember this. Mm -hmm. I saw myself standing at the foot of the cross. And when I looked up, I saw the feet of Jesus. And when I looked at his feet, the blood from his feet dropped and landed on the top of my head. And I heard the Lord say, I'm washing the memories away, all the memories of my past. Mm -hmm. Then the blood went down my heart and he said, I'm the healer of the brokenhearted. That blood went down to my feet and I heard the Lord say, the residue of sin is gone from you. And I knew I had to see it because you can sing about the yeah. blood of Jesus your whole life, but I knew I had to see that it was for me. And then I saw this big hand just kind of reach down from heaven and it was like the Lord handed me a clipboard. And it was just like that. It was one, a right? cute one, yes, <laughs> polka dots and all. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say, this is an assignment on your life. And I viewed it as my CEO role, you know, mm -hmm. this is an assignment on your life. Then he handed me keys and he said, these are the keys to the kingdom of heaven to help you fulfill your assignment. Well, since that day, my outlook on life has changed. I view every person as having a clipboard with your name written at the top and there's something God's expecting you to do. In fact, my favorite scripture is John 17, 4 from the message. It says, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. Right. Well, when I was praying about this new launch, you know, it was not what I had planned for my life because I wanted to serve you until Jesus comes back. But the Lord said to me, you completed what I wanted you to do. Now turn in the assignment. Mm -hmm. And I was just crying. I thought know. it was interesting too how the Lord talked to you about 
the bird leaving the nest. Yes. Now, I had never used a bird in any preaching illustration, yeah. so I knew it was the Lord. But the Lord actually said to me, he said, fly, Terry, fly. And then he said, you can fly high or you can fly low. The higher you go, it takes you further from the nest. Yeah. And it made me cry, though, because, and I'm not a crier, but I was crying so hard. And, and Dad, I'm so grateful that you have taught me how to journal my time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, you always taught me to go into my prayer time with a journal and a pen and practice listening to the voice of God. And you would say, even if you're not sure, just write it down anyway. That's where I began practicing hearing the voice of God. And, and that's where I've discovered wisdom and direction. Yeah. But that's what the Lord said was that it was time to fly. Yeah. So I was, you know, when I told you, I said, Dad, I know the Lord's telling me to launch out. You said, I've been waiting for you to come to me. Mm -hmm. He had already prepared you. Yeah, the Lord had already prepared me and, and instructed me with one word, release, wow. to release Terry. And of course, I knew what you were feeling because I had experienced that back when I was employed by Kenneth Copeland Evangelistic Association yes. and uh, never intended to leave. I was going to stay there and serve Brother Copeland for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Never, never dreamed of or thought of, you know, going into my own ministry as such. Yeah. I thought, you know, I was teaching in his morning sessions. I could fulfill everything God called me to do, working through him. Mm -hmm. But then the Lord laid it on my heart about time to launch out into my own ministry full time. And I said, well, Lord, before I take a step, I want you to reveal that to Brother Copeland. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was in October of 1973 while I was in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I was to leave there and meet him in Long Beach, California. So we finished that meeting, got in his airplane, we were flying home. Back in those days, uh, Brother Copeland enjoyed drinking coffee. He doesn't drink it much. Well, I don't think he drinks it at all anymore, tea. But back then, one of my jobs was to have a thermos full of coffee on the airplane. And when he got his cruising altitude and he sat on the autopilot, I was to have a cup of fresh coffee waiting for him. He'd reach over and get it, take a sip. Well, he did that day, took a sip of that coffee, turned and looked at me and said, when are you leaving? I said, what are you talking about? He said, when are you leaving? I said, when am I leaving what? He said, I know it's God. I don't want it to happen, but I know it's God. When are you leaving this ministry? And so I told him, well, the end of December and January the 1st, I'll launch out into this ministry. Now, I told you that God's way of promotion is through transition. Transition produces promotion. That's exactly what happened to me. God promoted my ministry and took it all over the world. And yet the fun part is, even though I left being an employee, I never left his ministry. Right. And we've been preaching together now for 44 years. Yeah. And his ministry is still big in my heart, just like it always was. His vision still my vision. And I know you'll always be a part of JSMI. You certainly will always be my daughter. Yeah. And I know, you know, from time to time, you'll come back over and do programs with me. But I'm excited because, you know, I've taught you how to live by faith. Yes. I've taught you how to dream big. Yes. I've taught you how to expect God to fulfill his promises to you. Yes. And now to see you take this major step of faith, it makes me extremely proud. And I know God's in it. God's behind it. 
and God's got big plans and big things in store for you. So we're telling our audience that uh, because I want you to pray for Terry and uh, we're going to put up her website so that you can contact her, communicate with her. If the Lord lays it on your heart, become her partner. But by all means, pray for her and her ministry because I see her preaching in arenas all over the country. And I believe God's going to use her in a powerful way. He already is, but the best is yet to come. I love you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, we're working on a new format for the program, and that is with a live audience. And I just want to thank all of you for being here today. Thank you so much. I discovered a long time ago, I am at my best with a live audience. And uh, at the same time, I want you, the television uh, viewing audience, to understand that we're not leaving you out. Uh, We've got a live audience here so we can tap into a stronger anointing But these programs are designed for you. They're designed to help you in your spiritual growth. And I just want to encourage you to get involved, just like you are sitting here with us. I'm going to be talking to you at the same time talking to this audience. And if they shout, you shout right along with them. If they clap, you clap right along with them. If they amen, you amen right along with them. If I ask them to repeat something, to confess the Word of God, you do it at home. And I believe we're going to have a great time. Now, this week, we're beginning a new session, or a new lesson, rather, and we're talking about living in a state, or continual state, of God's favor. And this is something that God began to teach me many, many years ago. I had owned an automotive business, and the Lord instructed me to shut that business down and go to my guest bedroom and study the Word of God no less than eight hours a day for the next three months. And when I began that process, the first thing God began to teach me was how to live in His favor, how to walk in the favor of God. Now, in those days, I'd never heard anybody talk about it. I'd never heard a preacher preach about it. Uh, In fact, I didn't even know there was such a thing as God's favor, having favor with God. But the scripture that led me in this study was found in the gospel of John, the 17th chapter of John, where it simply says, and this is a prayer that Jesus was praying to the Father, and it simply says, Father, show them that you love them as much as you love me. Now, that hit me in such a big way back then, because I'd never heard anybody say anything like that. Even though I grew up in a, you know, a a little Baptist church right down the road from our house, we lived in the country, and this a little country Baptist church, little white wood frame building, you know, justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith. Let us grasp the fact. Now, I can't pass that up. In fact, I have that phrase underlined in my notes, and I have it underlined in my Bible. Let us grasp the fact. What is Paul saying to us? And remember, this is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Paul is saying, what you're going to read next, what I'm about to say to you next, is so important that if you don't grasp it, you're going to miss out on God's best. Anybody want God's best? I certainly do. I want God's best. And so he says, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy 
peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. But listen at verse two. Through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace. And the Amplified Bible describes or defines this grace as a state of God's favor. There it is right there. That we have access into a state of God's favor. It goes on to say, in which we firmly and safely stand, let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Now, once again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If we didn't have but these two verses in the Bible, if that was only two verses in this entire book, you just heard the story of the cross. Those two verses reveal, number one, why God sent Jesus into the earth, why he died for us, and the effect that that has on our lives. And notice Paul said, let us grasp the fact. Well, here's the fact that I believe he wants you to lay hold upon. I believe it's in four parts. Number one, we have peace with God. Everybody say, I have peace with God. God. Now that may sound elementary. It may sound simple, but you'd be surprised at the number of Christians around the world today who still are not yet convinced that they have peace with God. A lot of people still think God's mad at them. God's holding something against them. They don't believe that he'll hear their prayers like he'd hear, hear Jerry Savelle's or somebody else they have confidence in. But you have peace with God. Amen. Remember the vision Terry shared just a few moments ago about the blood of Jesus has remitted our sins, that all of our past has been remitted by the blood of Jesus. That means God's not holding anything against you. I'm glad he doesn't remember my past. If God remembered my past, I would not be standing here today. I would not have the ministry I have today. Amen. I mean, I did some things in my past I'm not proud of. And some of you are just about to bust to find out what they were. (laughs) I'm not telling you. (laughs) I didn't ask you your past. Not only that, why bring it up? It's under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But my point is, if God remembered my past, I would not be standing in front of you today. I would not have this television ministry. I would not have the ministry that I have today if God held on to my past. So I have peace with God. Say it again. I have peace with God. God. Number two, he's saying that we have right standing with God. See, that's what the Bible is referring to when it talks about righteousness, the righteousness of God. Righteousness is an old English word, and it simply means having right standing with God. And the Bible says right here that you and I have right standing with God. Well, let's, let's say this again. If God loves me as much as he loves Jesus, if I have peace with God, and if I have right standing with God, then wouldn't it stand to reason I have favor with God? Amen. Number three, Paul is telling us that we have legal access to God. That means that I have the right to come before the throne of God and ask of him, according to Hebrews 4.16, the Bible says, come boldly unto the throne of grace and find grace to help in a time of need. That means I can stand in the presence of God as though sin has never occurred. I can stand in God's presence 
just like Adam and Eve did before sin ever came. Amen? Amen. I have access to God. You know what that also means? That I don't have to depend on somebody else to do my praying for me. Now, I, I welcome other people praying for me. Don't misunderstand me. You know, I appreciate people praying for me, but I can go to the throne of God for myself, and so can you. You don't need any other person to go to God in your behalf. Welcome the prayer of agreement. Welcome the prayer of intercession from others. But realize you have just as much right to stand in the presence of God and ask Him, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, He will do it. You have that right because you have legal access to God. And then number four, He says, we have favor with God. Now, this is what Paul is saying you need to grasp. Let me repeat them. Number one, you have peace with God. Number two, you have right standing with God. Number three, you have legal access to God. And number four, you have favor with God. And I believe that if a Christian lays hold upon those four things, if they will grasp this fact, then their life of failure and defeat will be a thing of the past. That's what happened to me, and it can happen to you. Praise God, 45 years ago, I discovered these things, and my life has never been the same. And I promise you, if this becomes a revelation to you, your life will never be the same as well. Anybody can identify with that in the audience? Amen? Praise God. So what does it mean to live in a state of God's favor? To me, that means that you have the right to experience the favor of God more than just occasionally, more than just every once in a while. You know, before coming into the studio this morning, I was reading a a number of letters that were on my desk, and the majority of them were favor stories from people just like you, just like people in the television audience uh, that are watching at home, Um, people, just everyday people, not necessarily preachers, even though some of them were, but they had testimonies of how they had learned to walk in the favor of God and how that it was taking place in their lives. One of them was, you know, they were believing for this particular house. They didn't qualify. Uh, In the natural, there was no way for them to acquire this house, but they kept believing that the favor of God was going to manifest in their behalf, and it did. And God enabled them to get that house at a much lower price than what the people were asking for it. And they're moved in and they're shouting and rejoicing over the favor of God. So that tells me that this is available to every child of God if they'll just grasp the fact that it's available to them. Amen? Amen. So notice, living in a state of God's favor means that you actually experience it on a continual basis. I do. This is not something that happens to me, you know, every six months, every four weeks. This is something that happens to me every day of my life in some way. It may not always show up in a major breakthrough, even though that does happen. But, you know, I consider, uh, as I've said before, if I can make it all the way through town without having to stop for one red light, you will hear me shout, that's the favor of God. Amen. Or if I go to the mall and I get a front row parking space, you know, I'm driving up there and somebody's pulling out just as I'm pulling up. 
you will hear me say, that's the favor of God. Or if I'm in a restaurant and I get ready to leave and I ask for the bill and the person says, well, somebody over here didn't want you to know, but they bought your meal. That waitress, I don't care if she's born again or not. She's going to hear me say out loud, that's the favor of God. Amen. And it shows up in some way every day of my life. I'm not talking about every day somebody buys my meal, but every day it shows up in some way. Now, let me say this before our time is up. The Bible says in Psalm 512 that he will surround us with his favor. The Psalm uh, 23 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness is synonymous with favor. When you talk about the goodness of God, you're talking about the favor of God. Now notice just those two verses alone would define to you what living in a continual state of God's favor is all about. Number one, it surrounds you. That means everywhere you go, it's there. Number two, it follows you. And how often? All the days of your life. Not once in a while, not occasionally, but all the days of your life. Folks, I'm telling you, you can live in a continual state of God's favor. And we're going to continue talking about this, get even deeper into it, as the weeks go on. And uh, right now, I want you to listen to this special announcement about the CDs that we now have available, brand new, on living in a continual state of God's favor. We can share so much more in an hour service where we talk about this in three different sessions than I can on the television broadcast. So you need to watch this, and you need to get a copy of it as soon as possible. I'll be back in just a few moments. Do you remember your life before the revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done? Have you received that revelation yet? If you're struggling in your relationships or family life, if you're stuck in debt or depression, then listen up. God wants you to live in a state of his favor. In Dr. Savell's three-message teaching, Living in a Continual State of God's Favor, you'll learn how God wants you to experience his favor and goodness every day. Throughout it, you'll be encouraged to declare and expect God's favor to bring you through any and every situation. When you learn to live in a state of favor, God will take you to a new level of blessing and abundance. Don't wait any longer. Grab a hold of this revelation today. Call or visit us at jerrysavelle.org to request your copy of Dr. Savelle's teaching, Living in a Continual State of God's Favor, today. Once again, let me remind you to order your set of CDs entitled Living in a Continual State of God's Favor. I'm telling you, this is life-changing. You need to get it in your home just as quickly as possible. Thank you for being so uh, kind to this ministry. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for being my partner. We appreciate it greatly. And I want to encourage you to determine that from this moment forward, you're not going to miss out on God's best. You're going to learn how to walk in His favor, learn how to live in a continual state of God's favor, and just dare believe for the unexpected every day of your life. You know, I read a scripture just the other day. I may talk about it on one of the uh, upcoming broadcasts. In fact, I know I will. And it's found in Job chapter 5, particularly from the message translation. And it says that God is famous for surprises. Hallelujah. I love that. 
God is famous for surprise. Expect surprises today. Expect God to do something out of the ordinary. You see, that's how the favor of God can affect your life. When you walk in the favor of God, you just always expect surprises. Bless you today. Thank you once again for watching our broadcast. Thank you, audience, for being here. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.